right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the NRL Hunter podcast. We are here on day one or day two, depending on which way you want to look at it, of the Rim Rock Hunter Challenge in New Mexico. And we are still at the cock house and I've got a bunch of new friends with me. And we're going to do a quick introduction. Some you've heard already. Some are new uh, to the podcast here today. And we're just going to talk about how the first day of the match went. And so we'll start off to my left. And you are, sir? Dustin Coleman. From? Uh, New Hampshire. Uh, Yeah. He's being shy. He's also a a sponsor of the NRL Hunter Series and the owner of the amazing Coltac products. Yeah. Sir? Uh, Derek Hovey. From uh, from Norwood, Colorado. <laughs> Derek <laughs> Covey Industries. Derek Industries. <laughs> uh, Rusty Ulmer from Arizona. Ray Hong from the Southwest. Josh Reeves from Arizona. Niels Foley from Denver, Colorado. So we've got quite a quite a mix. We've got uh, some Colorado, some Arizona, some Southwest. So the, the whole thing, the whole region's covered just by Ray over here. And then we got New <laughs> Hampshire sure joining in. Ambiguous there. <laughs> <laughs> so again, just like our other podcast the, the other night, we uh, quick disclaimer: we are having a little bit of uh, Crown Royal provided by Mister Reeves. And so you know, if we say something a little bit silly, forgive us. But we're gonna have some fun. And give you an honest opinion of how the match went today. Um, who wants to start? Or what? I mean, what did you guys think? What? Where did we start? I mean, wow, <coughs> crazy day. Let's Wait, go. Ladies first. Ladies first. Uh, I'm, can I? Can I talk? Yes. All right. I feel like I know y'all did well, but I thought this match was a ball crusher. Oh, <laughs> I had my heart and soul like stolen and ripped out of my, you know, my chest. Uh, but I had a great time. The weather was amazing. Uh, the terrain was beautiful. Uh, so I'm curious because you come from a competition dynamics background. Yeah. Uh, PRS, NRL, um, you've done a lot of different trainings and so on and so forth. What made this match so difficult for you? Uh, I think it was just new equipment. It was a lot of uh, factors compounding on each other uh, and then I was having to single load and everything like that and not use my own equipment. Uh, and I'm okay because I do that a lot. But if you're just adding this upon this upon, like all these layers, it just ends in catastrophe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it ended in catastrophe, but did you learn anything? Oh yeah, of course. So what, what, what's your big takeaway then? Well, just have fun, man. You know, I, I I always have fun at these matches. You do, yeah. That's why I come. Awesome. What else, Josh? What do you think? Um, I'm gonna agree with Ray. It was it was humbling at the very first two stages that we started out with. Just nothing. Real low light. I mean, targets aren't painted, and it's the area they were shooting in is just absolutely awesome because it's a huge contrast of colors. So you got like this brown ground with white snow and a bunch of gray broke up brush and you're trying to find a gray target that's half shot half white mixed into all that and it's tough it is extremely tough to find them i mean the shooting aspect of it is actually not too bad like once you find the targets hitting it's not too big of an issue but just trying to actually find them but isn't that how hunting is oh absolutely it's it's definitely challenges your ability to find stuff or you know how good you are at you know seeking out you know small details to pick things out. It's a great test for your optics for sure. So, 
you both had are talking about it being difficult finding the targets and stuff, which I, I mean, I've heard all day long, and, and there's no doubt. But then I'm going to turn over to Mr. Rusty Homer over here, who seems like, I mean, you're on fire today. Well, I kind of lucked out, and there were only two targets that I couldn't find, that I didn't find. Um, but, yeah, this, this, type of, this type of match just, you know, it utilizes a larger skill set than what we're used to with the regular PRS NRL stuff. I mean, there's glassing and there's, you know, calling wind on the fly. Um, there's just a lot more to it. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was, and and I know that a lot of the targets were hard to find, and it was difficult glassing conditions with snow and shadow, and and I know that Dusty didn't intend to make the targets as difficult to find as they were, but you know he had to set up in the snow. He didn't know where the snow was going to be melted by the right. time we got here, and you know <clears throat> the targets. A lot of them weren't overly generous, especially the long-range targets. But uh, in some places, you couldn't see where you missed. Um, but, you know, that's 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 hunting. That, yeah, that is hunting. Right? And, uh, you know, it definitely tests your a lot of different skill sets. But one of the things that tests your binoculars, because you have to be able to range those targets. And several of them he had on a horizon to where... Unless you had a scan mode, you know, you, you can't get that range. It's really hard because it's... Anyway, yeah, it was, it was difficult. So what, what binos were you using that helped make you so um, successful? So the, Giv, the new Leica Givid 3200.com. It's just okay. really clear glass. Leica has really clear glass. And I noticed a lot of the guys that had, I'm not going to mention any names, but some of the lower quality image glass right. um, were really struggling to find the targets. So I think, and when I shot the, the, you know, Scott's first match last year, the targets weren't as difficult to find. They were out there. There was a few that were a little difficult, but these were a lot more difficult. Right. And especially, you know, that's the terrain that he had to put it up in. Scott's terrain was a lot more open. And this terrain, there's a lot of sage, there's a lot of trees, and it's just the way it is. So from what I understand, and you guys might know better because you guys are all, all of you guys, except for maybe Ray, are more seasoned hunters than I am. But from what I understand, this territory is like one of the prime territories in the Southwest to hunt, right? So when I was talking to Dusty and, and he was like, I set up targets where I have naturally seen animals in these areas. And so, I mean, they weren't out in the open fields. I don't think there were very many targets, if any, that were kind of, oh, it's just right there. Um, and I, I think that the people that are more experienced on scanning or on, on, on using their binos and stuff, you know, it seems like they had an advantage at this type of uh, match. Yeah, you know, the, the some of the CD matches, the still safari, you, as you're walking up to the stage, you can spot three targets just with your eyes. You right. know? I don't know that I ever spot. I spotted two targets with my eyes, and they were the ones that were out in the flat with ribbon by me. Yeah, but so they were yeah, all hard, yeah, they yeah. were all difficult to find without binoculars. But I mean, they were difficult to find with binoculars. This is a trophy unit for a reason. I mean, big deer don't yeah. get big because they're easy to see and shoot. Right. You know, it's hard to find them. Hard to find deer here, so they get big. It's hard to find targets here because it's just it's the environment. Right. You know, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. Definitely a unique area, and that's one of the reasons from the NRL hunter's perspective why we picked this region was because of the unique terrain. So, 
I don't know, Derek's over here. Derek Hubby's usually, you know, the the party, the the life of the party over here, and he's sitting here biting his fingernails. I'm just taking it all in. You, <laughs> so you were a favorite, quote unquote. <laughs> come, come again in this match. Hold on, so are you, Josh? I put your name in that bucket too. I gotta ask, how did Rusty not? Get thrown into that bucket because he's the guy who won. He's the sleeper. The original I like, match. I like to lay low. <laughs> <laughs> well, so do I. Okay. Yeah. Well, you got thrown under the bus, buddy. There, <laughs> I have no doubts with Rusty with any of his shooting. Like, if somebody said, "Hey, Rusty is going to be your, your your spotter. He's going to help you call in. He's going to help you everything," I'd be ecstatic. I feel like I'd won the lottery, right? But. I know Rusty's very busy. He has a ton of other stuff going on, and I didn't know if he was going to shoot this because we never talked about it beforehand. When I was thinking about the Hunter series, I, you know, you and I talked. Derek and you and I talked. Josh, you and I talked. I stayed at your house for a weekend, and yeah. we ran a bunch of ideas back and forth. And so when I was thinking of people, you guys were like fresh in my mind, you know. And, and I know that this type of match suits your style, Rusty. I've never seen you shoot just this type of a match before. I know you're you're a great hunter, but I've never been in that experience with you before. So, you know, when you made that post on social media, on Facebook and stuff, I was like, damn, I'm a dick. <laughs> well, I'm good. Dick. That, was my, that was my point. <laughs> I'm all, I'm all, Rusty's going to come out of here and he's going to crush all of us. Dude, I was just trying to get in these guys' heads because I just, I just talked to Derek a couple weeks before that and I'm like, ooh, I'm going to throw that out there and get him even more mm. nervous. He calls me up and says, man, I got thrown under the bus. I feel so much pressure. So I just, I just, I just had to rub salt in the wound. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I've totally learned a lot of a lot of stuff in this match. One thing, I started off pretty good. I think three or four stages, you were I was it. I was killing it, and uh, and it shows what's tough with this type style of shooting is is you need to stay on your game and stay and and stay in that glass. And then I hit a stage where I couldn't find the target and got a zero. So it just shows you how fast things can change. I think so. So what and happened between the stages that you're doing so well to that stage that you couldn't find? Well, I think it just could be the unluck that you just don't look in that one spot and you just have it in your mind. It's in here, right? Or yeah. they, it, it's just that one spot you didn't see, or you went over it and you didn't pick it out. That target was one of the hardest ones to yeah. find. Do you remember what? What I mean, the match is day one is over. So what? Do you remember what? It stage was the one was? where there was one target yeah. and it was Whoa. up on the horizon. Six. Yeah. Yeah. Six. Yep. Six. six. Yeah. It seems kind of unanimous that stage It was tough was to see. Tough yeah. But something else that I'm finding is how hard it is to plan. On one, I found three targets right off the bat, and there was four targets. And I'm like, oh, no, I got this one. This is easy. And then you're getting towards the end, and, and I'm looking for the last target. It was a bobcat. And we all know that one. We yeah, all probably yeah. struggled. Um, it's keeping that time management, kind of knowing where you're at. All of a sudden, I'm like, man, how much time left? It's like 30 seconds. Holy crap. Well, I hit the first pig and the coyote, and then I timed out for the third shot. But maybe I should have just gotten got those three cleared out and then kind of finished looking for the bobcat. Well, and in that one, the first three targets were all white. So I found the first three fairly quick, and then I kept looking for the fourth white one. And here yeah, the bobcat was black. And black. You, got, you got white but, targets in your mind. Right. I mean, yeah, I, was, I was trying to find I'm that I'm really upset target. with Dusty over that. I'm going to have to <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a black bobcat in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, 
you know, today Brittany and, and I, we had the opportunity to do some filming and some photography of everybody. And, um, you know, Dustin, we were on, I, I don't remember the stage names or, or numbers, but we were on the, the Wolf or the Wolf, the, yeah. the Wolf stage, which a lot of people early in the morning had a really hard time on. That's six. Mm-hmm. That's that what we were talking about. That, that, oh, that's six. That's seven. The Wolf that's, is seven. No, the Wolf, yeah, not the Bobcat. The wolf no. was seven. The, you thought the I thought the wolf was a bobcat. bobcat. I'm like, right. <laughs> anyway, I shot it anyway. Oh, man. That's and they gave me points. points. Get him out of here, DQ. Yeah, right? You they shot get, the wrong animal. Did no, you they get, they, they oh, gave me. They gave me points. I'm like, it looks like a bobcat to me, but it's supposed to be a wolf. I'm going to shoot it. Tell me if I hit the right target. Impact. I'm like, okay, I'll keep shooting. You take 3200.coms and auction them off tomorrow. Yeah, I'll take everything he used in the poaching. But... Dusty, you know, we were able to watch and film you on that stage, the wolf stage, and it was a very tough stage for people, and you cleaned it. I think you were the second person up to that point to clean that stage. Well, sometimes people get lucky. And it, with, no. Well, no, so with that one, I mean, a big part of it was I was able to find the target right away, and then, you know, the shooting part of it, it wasn't... I don't remember how, and that was like. It was like a mill wide. It was it was a big target. Was a, Once you found yeah. it, it wasn't difficult to hit. Right. It was right. a big, generous target, but it yeah. was just finding it. Finding you could it, find right. it. Yeah. You're funny. That and well, and that was the part that I didn't realize would be so difficult is is just locating the targets. So, you know, that was the one where I was able to pick it up fairly quick and then just run with it. So. I was like, when you shot that and you're on your your fourth position on that far rock, I was like. Yeah, and then you hit it on that first round. Is it clean? I, I mean, I don't know if you guys heard me, but I screamed out, "Yeah!" <laughs> I was so excited for you. But what's crazy is like the stage before. I think I got a zero, and the stage <laughs> after I got a zero. So like, you know, it, 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 it was there was definitely some highs and lows today. Like some stages, was like, "Yeah, that was awesome," and then the next, it's like you didn't even. I mean, I don't even know how many rounds I went through today, but it wasn't many because it's just like. At the end of the time, I'm like, where the heck was it? Because I couldn't find it. So it sounds like you do well when you're being filmed. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what it is. I, I, I've heard that a couple of times from other people about him. <laughs> you, need, you, need that, you need that pressure. Hey, maybe that's what it is. <laughs> I was about to turn to Niels, and Niels is taking a sip of his Powerade, but... What, what was it for you today? How was, how was the match? What was a highlight low? I really enjoyed it a lot. You know, I started, like a lot of guys, I, start, I started as a hunter and got into long-range precision rifle shooting um, because I wanted to be a better hunter. So um, it's really, I, this is the second time I've shot a match like this. The first, the first being the one that Wes put on in New Mexico several years ago. Right. That was an NRL match. Yep. And... Um, and so, um, you know, just to qualify, I did not shoot well today. I, I had a little difficulty finding targets and also some difficulty shooting. But um, it, it, I found it really enjoyable just because um, you are going up there and it's all on you to find the targets, to get your dope, um, to figure out which position you're going to shoot from. In time management, like Derek was talking about, at what point do you stop with three and, uh, and just proceed to shoot versus try to look for that fourth one? And then the other thing is, you know, you, you get four targets out there. You find them, you get excited, and it's very similar, honey. You get excited, you get in your position behind your rifle, and all of a sudden you're looking and going, okay, you know, where was that? You know, you, you didn't take that extra yeah. 15 seconds to get some good landmarks. And so it, it was challenging. And um, it, it's really fun to, um, to shoot a match like this that really does challenge you in every way. Um, the only downside I'd say is not being able to because you're shooting with your buddies and you're excited and you're you just want to talk about it and <laughs> you got to be careful because the guys behind you yeah. are going to be shooting that axe. 
Because, I mean, so, they're, they're blind stages, so we have very strict rules about talking about the stages and, and you know, having glassing before you're supposed to be on, you know, mm-hmm. your turn and so on and so forth. Um, but that's, you know, it's just what we're trying to do to keep it fair for everybody. You know, the other thing I'll say, because uh, I heard a lot of people, you know, saying it's difficult to find the targets. And, you know, in Dusty's defense, I don't think he made it, so it was difficult to find them. But when you're putting them up and then you go back and look, you put them up so you know where they are. Mm-hmm. So it's very difficult to put them up and then to determine whether or not it's hard to find or, or easy to find. Right. So well, the amount of work that he had to put in is just hats off to yeah, well, that was a good on thing on the ROs too, because like mm-hmm. the stages where I couldn't find the targets, they'd show it to me. I'd be like, "Well, I'm retarded because there it is." You know, yeah, it's yeah. easy to see once you know where it's at. And really, you're either going to put them out in the open in the open stuff, or you got to put them in the sage in the trees. And right. if it's in the sage in the trees, it's hard to find. Right. No, I mean, so, that's you know, in, it's just, and in hunting, yeah, be in the sage. So it, it's but an elk is a lot bigger than an eight inch circle, <laughs> and, and it moves, <laughs> and it moves. But, but, but a vital one, an elk's only a 12 inch, 12 by 12 inch, right? Right, we didn't right. shoot any elk today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think today you're shooting small deer and bobcats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Barman day. So, you know, we're talking to, to a lot of the different competitors. They all had different game plans going into today. Did any of your pre-game plans for any of you guys and gals, did they work? Or as soon as it was your turn, everything went out the window and you you just did what you did? Truthfully. So, you know, my original game plan was as soon as I see that first target, I'm going to start shoot. I'm going to shoot that and then get up and shoot the next one. That I didn't do that once because, you know... There was a usually some distance between where I set up my tripod with glass and where I was actually shooting at. So, you know, I figured that time jumping back and forth would be wasted. And I didn't know if, you know, some of the stages, you didn't know if that was actually the first target or not. I mean, some were marked. Um, but, yeah, I, when I went into it at first, I was like, I'm going to find the first one, shoot it, and then find the second one and shoot it. And, yeah, that didn't work. Didn't work. What works for you, Hub? Hmm. I I didn't know which way I was going to go. I actually had a dope chart. I heard that about you. <laughs> <laughs> Still undecided. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I had a dope chart, and then I thought, well, I'm going to circle my dope wherever it is on that chart, and that kind of went out the window, and I found myself just writing it down on my wrist coach instead of actually looking at the chart. Okay. It's a little bit faster for me. And what about when you were in, or searching, you know, scanning for targets? How did you approach that? I I think, you know, I'm always looking for things like a T-post. That's kind of unnatural. You don't see a lot of straight lines. And then, uh, um, I don't know. I guess that's what's hard about this is when you find them, it seems so easy. And when you don't, you're like, <laughs> what the hell's going on here? I can't find it. So, uh so, and I think it's just tough. We got patches of snow, uh, um, and kind of like Josh says, we have black things, black brush, black bark on some pinions. We have gray hues out there. And then with the snow, right? So if you beat a dark spot on a target, it, it doesn't look like a coyote anymore when you're not right. looking for it, right? So, so uh, yeah, it's definitely a challenge there for sure. Besides that, I guess I got lucky as far as... Uh, 
I, I just had my binos attached to my tripod. I seen guys doing that differently. I, I think that worked well. And for me, what's funny is I had it in my head that I was going to use a tack plate right. and that went out the window. You, you just don't have time. You just peel off your, your binos and either clip in or put a bag over the top of your tripod and go to shooting. Awesome. Rusty? My game plan? Yeah. You know, I, I mean, <clears throat> I had a little bit of advantage because I've, I've, I've done a couple of CD, you know, the still sparring matches, and then I did Scots. So I kind of knew how it was going to go um, and kind of just use the same game plan. I, need, I mean, I think one thing that's important that, that a lot of people is having some kind of a timer because they weren't, a lot of them weren't telling us how much time we have left. So I had a timer set for two and a half minutes. So and when I that didn't went do off, that, and that got me. So Rusty was smart doing when that. When that went off, I know, okay, even if I've only found three of the four targets, I need to start shooting. Shoot those and, you know whatever get the points that you can get um so that was real important and you know one thing that 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 i think is important is a lot of a lot of the times they'll tell us okay it's going to be you know 12 inch plates or it's going to be a a 10 inch and then a 12 and then a 16 so you're like okay so for that size of target he's they're going to be way out there so you don't need to look at 300 yards they're not going to put a 10-inch plate at 300 yards. So you know about how far to look. And that actually saved me on that one. That's I can't like remember what stage it was. On the Five. Yeah. I think it was the one where yeah. seven uh-huh. maybe where, where it was up on. Nobody found that target. It was a square target up in the trees on a second ridge. Everybody's looking at the first ridge. Mm-hmm. And it was a 12. I knew it was a 12-inch square, and it was totally gray. And uh, nobody's finding the target. I'm like, holy crap. And so I... I'm like, okay, it's got to be about 600 yards. So I'm looking, looking, looking at that first ridge, and then I ranged it, and that's only 300 yards. I'm like, it's going to be further than that. So as soon as I looked up, there's a little bit of that other ridge where you couldn't even see it, but you could see the trees. And so I immediately found the target when I looked up there, and nobody was looking. But it was you know, just knowing what size of target, since you know what size of target it is for a lot of it, you can kind of guess what the range is going to be. So So at least eliminate the extremes that you know. Yeah. I wish you listeners could see this. Like half the table here, their face just lit up. Like a light bulb just went off. <laughs> that was a huge pro tip. Very, very smart. How about you, Ray? What What was your strategy? My strategy. Well, let me just tell you. I kind of came in a little cocky. Um, I'm like, oh, I've done these like CD matches or competition dynamics matches, these field matches. Like I got this. Like I heard the targets were painted. The targets aren't that far. It's going to be easy day. Uh, so I didn't do my preparations like I do normally. I'm like, oh, I'll just single load. That's fine. I'll do this. I'll do that. I'm not going to clip it. Yeah, that bit me in the butt. (laughs) 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 Yeah, just not doing what I normally do, like, just really messed my game up. Gotcha. So it sounds like you have some some homework and planning to do tonight. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to make a sling for my tripod. Okay. Yeah, that was one thing that that it was really bugging me today because I had to like put it in my backpack right. uh, and I, I never do that. I always carry it. Right. So that, that took a little bit of an issue for me. Gotcha. So learning how to manage your equipment a little bit better. Yeah. Well, like for this style, for this style. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Mr. Reeves. Um, I, I mostly stuck to my plan the whole time. Really? Yeah. Okay. So what was your plan? I think the biggest thing you really got to think about is just not to panic. 
when you get in there and the time starts ticking down, I mean, you know, if you abandon your search patterns or what you're looking for on target, you're never going to find it because then you just start glassing over the top of things. But if you, as long as you stick to your search pattern, you can usually find them even if you only got 30 you know, seconds left. And then it's business as usual for a lot of us. In 30 seconds, we can get three shots off or whatnot. So, Okay, so in our previous podcast, we talked about scanning and so on and so forth. So as soon as I hear from Neil, says, can you plan? I want to come back to you guys and figure out what your scanning plan is or how you guys scan for you guys to think about that for a second. But Nils, what was your game plan? I stuck with my game plan too. Like Josh, my game plan was to get away from work for two days. <laughs> I mean, the weather was great. That, I mean, no, I, I mean, I kind of did, Rusty and I had talked about it and uh, we were staying together. So I kind of did the same thing. I had uh, the plan to find the targets, give myself two and a half minutes and, uh, and then just start shooting. And, um, and you know, really, uh, I think that that I would I would do that again. It's just you know, tweaking things, being a little. What I think Josh was saying, spending that, not panicking, getting up and trying to very quickly find targets, but actually to glass like you're actually glassing for deer. When you're when you sit down to glass for deer, you don't panic and try to find deer. You sit down, and you say, I'm going to find some deer, and your eyes are are focused. And uh, when you're in a hurry, you seem to kind of want to, your eyes just go skip right over things. Right. So the first couple of stages. Um, Actually, Rusty said something to me about just slow down and just just glass like you're glassing for deer, and then I found it a lot a lot uh, less difficult to to find the targets. That makes a lot of sense. So, you guys all know. I mean, I've, I've been super happy. My first big game hunt was in December, and and um, my hardest thing out there wasn't the trigger. I mean, shooting was the was the easy part. It was finding the animals. And I was out there with, with two phenomenal guys. I was out there with Paul Dowling and Terry Diston. And these guys are, are you know, Paul especially is, you know, a, a top competitor in, in precision rifle. And they would literally be sitting there and they're like, oh, yeah, there's this there, this there, this there. And I'm sitting there like, what the hell are you seeing? I don't see any of that. Right? So glassing is a, a huge part of hunting. Obviously, it's, if you can't glass, you can't shoot. Um, well, unless you live in New Hampshire, they right. walk and knock on your door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but how, like, what's the strategy to glassing? How do you guys pick that apart? How do you, you know, what, if I was going on a hunt with you guys, how would you tell me to glass? Well, for me, it's, the first things I look at when I glass is if you've hunted an area before, you kind of have an idea of where game is or where game likes to be like north side facing cool cool shadows and stuff like that where like coos of deer usually find him in shadows or something like that so like for this match rusty says he's going to put him in like known likely spots so that's where i look for and kind of on rusty's deal i do the same thing i look at target size and i figure for me i figure two moa is what most of our standard targets are so i figure most of our targets are going to be two moa away okay but so you have to explain that in the language term because a lot of hunters don't understand what a two MOA is. So two minutes of angle, basically. Ten so, inch play to be five hundred yards. Five hundred yards is, is an example. Okay. So like Rusty was saying, that twelve inch play, six hundred yards. It gives you a an area to start in. So a known likely area to start in. So you look in those areas first, and if I can't find any in those known areas, then I for me I do a vertical search. So I'll start on the left side and I'll just scan up and scan down and back and forth and just pattern my way across the whole section I'm looking at. So you're combing over that entire section. Yeah, I'll just set my glasses up and then 
without moving them, just scan with your eye through it, move your glasses, scan through it, move your glasses, scan down. That's all I do. And I just basically grid square it out and scan across. Okay. Is that pretty much the same for everybody? Or does, is there another, what do you do, Dusty? I mean, or today Dusty, I, sorry. Geez. That's fine. I just panicked and Whiskey. started looking all over the place and failed miserably at it. So I, I, I need to do more of a grid pattern type scanning because it was, I, it's, all right, you're on the clock, and it's like, pick up the glass and just start wildly scanning across where you're going. And there was a lot of times I'd look right over the top of stuff, and because it's, yeah, you'd think that they would just be sticking out, and they're not. So yeah, I mean, it, it definitely makes sense. You look, you look over there. <laughs> Rusty's like, uh, well. Well, you, know. you asked, you asked how do you, and you know, you kind of asked how do you glass for for animals. Um, like, if you're hunting elk, they're really easy to see. That's not true. I hunted elk <laughs> for three days in Utah and didn't see shit. Okay, go hunting coos deer. I've hunted coos deer a lot. Those things are, they're called the great ghosts for a reason. They're really hard to spot. And so, I think, again, it's, it's a skill set glassing, you know? And I've spent, I don't even know how many hundreds of hours, thousands of hours sitting behind glass looking for coos deer. Um, but as far as how I glass this stuff... Well, you know, we all know Dusty, and we all know he's kind of an asshole, and he's going to hide these <laughs> targets pretty good, you know? Just kidding, Dusty. Um, anyway, again, what I do is I, it, it depends on the stage. If it's a one-target stage, like, okay, this is going to be hard to find. If it's a four-target stage, like, okay, i got to find that first target, and then I know that the rest of them are going to be further out than that. So if I look left, up, left on that ridge where I found that first target, and it's closer then I'm not going to look left, okay? So right on the ridge is further, they're going to be out that way or they're going to be straight away. Um, but again, just figuring out... And you, you process know. all of that while you're on the clock? Well, you kind of know that before you go up because you know what you know what kind of targets you're going to be looking for and how many they're going to be, right? And that's what I do too. I just kind of look at it. Where would I put them? And right. a lot of the times... Right. Where can like, you put crap. them? There's only certain places that you can put them yeah. if there's... Yeah. Like two targets. There was one stage where there's two targets, and one that was really easy to find, and the other one wasn't. And it's like, it's, I know it's further away. It's not up above it. I've looked that hard, and sure enough, it oh, was yeah. just over to the right Four. in front of the stage. Yeah. It, it was off to the west yeah. and for, way further out than. No, this wasn't right. stage four. It was to the right, and it was in front of a rock, but it was really well camouflaged. And I, anyway, I'm like, okay, it can't be left. Up high, there's really nothing. If I if it was up there, I could see it. And so it's like, it's got to be camouflaged somewhere. And sure enough, it was over to the right camouflage. It was really easy to see once you found it. But uh, just knowing where you can do it, and again, ranging it. It's like, okay, it can't be left because that's closer. It's got to be further away. Gotcha. So don't just range the target. Range where you're looking and see, is this a possible area where it could be? Mm -hmm. Helby brought up a good point, too, about looking for man-made stuff. Like, there's, there's no straight lines in nature. So, T-posts stand out like sore thumbs. Right. So, you even got a chewed-up target, like that wolf or a coyote or whatever, that's, like, speckle-painted and rough-outlined. That's going to blend in, but the T-post it's sitting on is still, you know, brightly covered and in a straight line. Yeah. Until you find the bear T-post and you swear there's got to be a target at the top of it. <laughs> there was a few of those out there. The bobcat stage. I lays that, and I laid down, and I'm like, all right, here we go, and I... 
pulled up the rifle. I'm like, there's, there's nothing yeah. there. I found like five T-posts on that stage looking for that bobcat. Yeah, and there were T-posts. Swore there. there was like chewed up target on top of every single yeah, one. Yeah, no, there was a nothing. lot of T-posts out there. Mm-hmm. Of T-posts. So <laughs> that method will also bite you, I guess. Yeah. So I don't have um, any experience hunting, uh, and I found it a little harder to glass, you know, even though I've done these matches before, but it's only like, you know, a few a year, you know, so that's a skill set that I am trying to learn, you know, and I would love more tips. So do you... (laughs) (laughs) So you've said you've never hunted before. Correct. Do you think that doing this type of a match would help prepare you for a hunt? Oh, yes, most definitely. I would, uh, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Uh, This is a great time to go and like glass and sometimes like... I've heard stories where, like, they get too excited and they just miss the shot, and then the animal runs away. Yeah, what's that? What's that called? Buck fever or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would definitely like this. is a great match to prepare you, so I would definitely recommend this. What do you guys think? That I have yeah. tons of hours. Abs- of absolutely. Experience. So, I'm using 100% my hunting setup. Okay. Um, my hunting pack. I mean, you. I showed you before you went elk hunting. Yeah. What I take, and I have that exact pack and only that gear with me, yep. and I'm taking that through this match. Now, I've shot 50 rounds today, and you think about the average hunter shoots outside of zero hunting, maybe three rounds. Three or five rounds a year. A year. Yeah. And I just got 50 rounds through my entire kit package to practice. I mean, you can't you can't buy that. Well, you can. You spend 275 bucks and you come here and you do it, but... I mean, that's like experience you don't get back. I found stuff today that I can use inside my own little kit that I've never really thought of before, and it's it's like amazing. What? So I run Because I modeled my kit off, off of your kit, so if you're upgrading, I need to upgrade, bro. So I use a <laughs> one of the Tuvet Junior light, real light, ultralight tripods, and then a Sandsock or Short Action Precision lightweight bag. I always carried those with me. Right. And I just currently switched out to a Kuyu pack with a hard frame in it. Well, the hard, the rigid frame yep. is absolutely phenomenal for rear support. Huh. And I never really noticed that today until my pack just accidentally hit my rifle, or my rifle ran into my pack, and I was like, holy crap, light bulb moment. This thing is extremely steady, and it just worked out amazing. So I was shooting off tripod to get up over the brush, and I was shooting off my hard frame pack in the rear to give me rear support, and it was insane. So you just stood it up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just hard... Pack on the ground, grip my hard frame like a rear tripod. Yeah, tripod it off the front, and it was it was amazing. You I was gamer, gamers. I was like, this is amazing. Yeah, but that's. I mean, I've hunted with that setup for three years, and I've never. That's never dawned on me to try and shoot like that. Huh. And you were successful. Oh, I cleaned it. I was like, this is amazing. Hubby, hubby right now is looking up. He's like, I need a hard Ooh. frame now. <laughs> <laughs> now, what about you, sir? Um, what about me? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where you are have, we? Yeah, throw glassing tips. I mean, you know, I, I mean, the, so I like, I, I'm from Arizona, I was there for 25 years, and hunting coos deer, um, you kind of get used to glassing, um, but, um, so yeah, the, Josh kind of talked about gridding an area, and I, I tend to do, go horizontal um, grids. And um, but it is a little, this this sport is a little bit different than glass and for deer in that you're actually looking in a very defined area. So uh, 
you know, your, your grids are kind of smaller. Right. It's, just, it's just a matter of when you're hunting, nobody's timing you. And so knowing that you're on a clock for four minutes, to force yourself, force your eyes not to try to race over areas. That's, for me, that's the uh, take home from this, from this um, sport is take your time and grid slowly. Give yourself the two and a half minutes and, and find the targets. Um, but, um, you know, I'll say if you're a hunter and you're a shooter, you like to shoot and you like to hunt. This is just, it couldn't be more fun. It really, I mean, it's just, you're, you're, on, the, you're on the clock alone. You're making decisions alone. And uh, if you don't shoot that stage well, you know, you don't shoot that stage well. It's a game and it's fun. Right. So really, I, I mean, I really hope, I was telling Rusty, I really hope that this takes off well because I really enjoy it. Nice. Yeah. Now, do you think, in your opinion, that this has a place for new hunters to help? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think that, yeah, somebody that wants to get into hunting, I think it does develop those skill sets of managing the, you know, the because you, you know, when you are hunting, you know, you, a lot of times you don't have a lot of time. Um, once you've found the animal, you know, they, they could be getting ready to go over a hill or, um, or, or in Colorado, um, you've got four other, 12 other people um, that might be going after the same animal. So you've got you've to manage time and... Um, and being able to find them, being able to, to know your equipment, your rifle and your scope, your dope. And just target acquisition, finding a target and then getting in behind it. Just just yeah. guiding people. How many times has an animal got away? Because yep. a guy yep. spent 30 seconds trying to find it in a scope. That's huge. And that's I was saying that before. Finding the targets and then getting some, getting some landmarks so that when you get behind the rifle, you're not, look, you're not starting to glass again with a scope. Right. So you've got, okay, I see that. I can, with, my, with my bare eye, I can see that big triangle rock. I'm just going to go just to the left of it. You look with your eyes and get right behind the scope and it's there versus trying to, you know, you see so many people that use their scope as a, as a pair of binoculars. Right. So. Now, I have an interesting question for you, Rusty. You and I talked a little while ago. Um, I picked up a uh, bow tag for our deer in Arizona and uh, a bear tag, right, with, with Josh Reeves. And you're a big time bow hunter, right? Um, does any of this cross over into bow hunting? I have a glassing part. Um, the bow hunting is totally different. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm just curious because I've never bow hunted before. It's totally different. You're getting close and you're being close. That's a totally different skill set. But the glassing is still the same. Okay. I and mean, you have to find that animal and, you know, then from there, there's really nothing the same with bow hunting. Is so what you're saying is I have a lot I have to learn you before I lie. go on that archery hunt. Don't start with coos. Start with mule deer. <laughs> well, I... I uh, I'm going with Josh here, so that's what I told you. Like, this is the worst possible animal to start trying archery. <laughs> you guys are going after coos with a bow. Holy crap! Put them on a put them on a water hole, man. Yep. <laughs> We're gonna sit and wait. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Those coos deer are tough to sneak on. <laughs> gotcha. So <laughs> uh, I'm just thinking to myself, damn, I gotta learn a whole other skill set now. But that's also very exciting. Yeah, and for me, you know, this is something. I mean, I grew up hunting, but in wooded areas on a tree stand. So, like, we're shooting off of a two-foot-by-two-foot two platform at 15 feet in the air. And glassing isn't a thing where, you know, I'm trying to do more Western-style hunting. And so, you know, hoping that I can pick up some of these things here so when I do do these hunts out, out here. All right, so here's a question for you guys. So, you have, Dustin has a Oryx tag coming up in May. In May. You guys have any pro tips for oryx out here in New, in New Mexico? I killed the oryx with my bow in Africa. 
I call it Gem, <laughs> Gem, Gem's book. So, yeah. But you're shooting with a rifle. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you've got long range down, and they aren't that hard to find. They're out in the, you know, scrub in the, in the desert. Um, is it on the White Sands? Uh, no, it's uh, it's off range. Oh, okay. So you're going with somebody. Yeah. Okay. So they'll they'll be able to put you on them. Yeah. Their vitals are in weird spots. Yeah, they're really far forward. All the African animals are. I went over to Africa, <laughs> like shooting back on everything. You got to put it like in. You got to tuck it tight behind the shoulder, like almost in the shoulder. Very, it's amazing how far forward. When they're it is. low is what I've heard with with. I don't know about they have a, their vertebrae like goes down and across. It, it was we were looking at it the other day with uh, Derek with the outfitter out of this out of the lodge here, and he would pull up, you know, the vital areas, and I was just like I can't believe that it was. Yeah, I believe what he's saying because right. I couldn't believe it either. It's it's my oryx was horrible when I shot him with an arrow. It's like <laughs> shot him far. I shot him where it would be forward of an elk shot that I would want to make. It still wouldn't. It still wasn't good enough. Hmm. You got to go way forward. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So, with Ray being the not only non hunter here, what would you say for somebody who's looking to get into hunting? What would you like? Would you say like mine was was an elk because that's what I was able to get. I was like, I, when I went, I was like, I'll take whatever tag I can get, and I got. I was you know I was lucky to get an elk cow elk tag. But for a new hunter, what would you what would you guys recommend? You know, the biggest thing I would say is to find someone that does hunt and hook, you know hook up with somebody that's got experience and learn from them. Because it's, it's hard to learn on your own. I spent I grew up overseas. I didn't start hunting until I was I don't know sixteen, seventeen, and uh, me and a good buddy of mine started. We 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 started hunting coos deer. The first three years, I don't even think we saw a deer. And a lot of it was because we didn't know how to glass and a lot, we didn't know where the animals live. So once we got hooked up with kind of a mentor, somebody who kind of show you the ropes, taught you how to glass, um, and you know, all of a sudden we could find animals. And that was key because, you know, reading about it. And, and we, we, would, uh, we would hike up on the top of Mount Wrights and then bring some rattling horns in October. Uh, there were no deer up there, and they weren't in the rut. So, <laughs> so, so somebody was looking at you guys like, "What the hell are these kids doing?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah, each each animal that you're going to hunt is different. Yeah, you know, and, and it's really regional dependent too. And, and you're talking about starting to bow hunt. I I personally think javelina is the best thing that you can learn on because they're not very wary. And they're relatively easy to sneak up on. So it, it teaches you what you can get away with. It's a good thing to hunt first with a bow when you're learning how to hunt with okay. a bow. If you're, if you're, if you're spotting and stalking. The best tasting but only, only, <laughs> only, <laughs> only shoot one if you've already found somebody who you can give it to. <laughs> so, so when I'm hunting southern Arizona... Rusty, I'm going to drop it off on your doorstep. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in northern Arizona, so. <laughs> oh, northern Arizona, sorry. <laughs> That's right. uh, no, yeah. I don't hunt them for a reason. <laughs> I can never find someone that will take them. <laughs> what, what about you, Hub? You do a lot of coyote and predator hunting and and, uh, and, and fowl hunting, right? Um, uh, not so much in the fowl. I'm just playing with that. But but I but I grew up with mule deer and elk. 
and, okay. uh, and guiding and both hunting for that. And, and, and then coyote hunting has been a passion for sure. I just love hunting coyotes and, uh, and, and some bobcats. Um, but, uh, I guess the hard thing is, is, is public land is just tough because there's a lot of people now hunting. It seems like there's more than ever. So that can be pretty disheartening to a new hunter to just go out and find more hunters. Right. So it's just depending on, and that's what I ask myself, does a person just save and hunt every three years and go on a cool private ranch or does a person go, go and just kind of, and there you go again, if you get a good mentor or someone that kind of knows the area and stuff, that's going to help you out a lot. Right. So. Awesome. All good advice. So I was talking to a gentleman um, today about the batch and he's a professional hunting guide. Um, he said that he absolutely loved the match and that he thought that this was the closest thing to actual, like an actual hunt you could get on. Um, do you guys think that? Or do you, I mean, is there, I mean. Well, it goes two ways, what I find. It's either, oh my gosh, I glassed this big buck or bull and he's 400 yards across this canyon or farther. And you, you take your time and you get a good wind call and everything's super calm and you shoot him. and he's, and uh, Or it's the, oh shit, that's a big buck. Oh shit, he's going up over the ridge and you gotta, and you gotta make it happen fast. Right. Or do you guys agree or, yeah. So, I mean, but yeah, to teach you, because I think that's more of a skill, right? Like learning to get set up fast and, right. and maybe that could get you that animal that, that, that you otherwise wouldn't have gotten. Right. There was a couple of guys that I talked to today that, that were shooting the match that had never shot a, a precision rifle match. And they went straight into this. This is like precision rifle 2.0. I mean, you kind of need that skill set to be able to do well in this kind of a match. So I would recommend for people that want to do this, you can jump right into this, but if you could take another match, you, like we had a stage today where we had to shoot off of tree limbs. You know, most people never shoot off of tree limbs. Well, having had that experience, we do that all the time. Right. I knew as soon as I walked up, I'm using a tripod or support here. And so I did that, and, and you know, it was rock solid. But right. otherwise, you're shooting 600 yards off of a little tree limb, and you're not going to be able to see where you're missing. Um, but so having that skill set, it just kind of builds. You can build on that with this but this is yeah it's a this is the closest thing to hunting where you can go shoot a whole lot of rounds right. without having to buy tags yeah it's great practice so we were discussing you know in nebraska somebody brought up an idea and um i was thinking about it a little bit today and brainstorming with Brittany and whatnot for because we have a, a we have a basic package which you pay half the cost of the match you don't get to shoot for points or get any of the swag, but you get to shoot. You get to come out and, and have fun for a less investment, right? Um, but you get the same ex overall experience. And then you have the different divisions. Um, one guy brought up at the previous match about doing a mentorship program. And I've really been toying with that idea where, you know, maybe you know, at that two and a half minute mark or whatever, if you're in basic or you're, you know, brand new to hunting or this type of format, that the RO could help point out some targets to you. Does that encourage people to come out and try this or does that take away from the, the goal of being able to learn how to glass and, and engage those targets? Because none of this is set in stone. It's, a, it's an idea and I think all of you guys, I've got all of you guys' opinions here. And so, I don't know, I think, 
everybody has their own reason for coming to these matches. I mean, if you're a first-time shooter, if your whole goal is to come out and shoot as much as possible, this is going to be, like Rusty says, this is a really tough match to do that. I mean, we're all experienced shooters, and 50 rounds for a single-day match, for us, is nothing. You know, and that's experienced shooter shooting. Right. You know, for the first-time shooters, I bet some of them guys probably got maybe 20 rounds off today. So that's that's a that's a steep learning curve to spend that much money if you want it just to shoot. Right. Now, if you want to come and learn the glass and you know how to find targets and you know like Toby was saying, transition from spotting scopes to binos to rifle scopes, you know, you got tons of experience doing that in this match. But I think if your only goal is to shoot, you should probably check out like the normal NRL matches for that because that's now you're given a target, you're given ranges, and you can actually just shoot. Right. Okay. Can I? Interject. What about you guys started the basic, right. you know, where they're not like occurring points, they're not going to a prize table. What about for that? They can be coached or they can be like, oh, here's I the think that's what you're talking about. Yeah, that's right? what, oh. that, that's kind of what we, for, forgive Ray, she, she had to step away for a second. I was, I was being mother and I'm making guys food. So. Are you guys making food? Are you yeah, making yeah, food? Yeah, I'm Oh, fried ice? No, 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 no. Chipotle rice. Oh, Chipotle rice. So that, that's what we're saying is is in that basic class, you know, having a mentor or having an RO at oh, a certain yeah, point saying, definitely. hey, there's XYZ targets are, are here to give you that opportunity to engage it. Yes, and I think that's, that's important, you know, to grow the sport and then to get new shooters in, to get people who want to hunt or, you know, they want to develop these skills to do this. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. I mean, it's really frustrating for someone to come out here and not find any targets. Yeah. yeah and not get any shots off. So if the RO and, and you know, yeah. you can designate those people, I guess, somehow. Yeah, and they say, have the, tell they the have red bands. Right. Like, till, color coordinate all the different classes. Tell the RO at, at two and a half minutes, if they haven't, you know, they haven't found any targets, they're still struggling, say, hey, look right over there. I think I think that's a good idea, especially yeah. especially if they're on you know they're designated like that where you know no one compl- can complain and say well hey he got help you know he's not going to get anything else he's, he's, he's not getting a trophy yeah. he's coming yeah. out here to learn right. yeah, I think right. that's I think that's a great idea that's going to make it more fun for them because I know there's several people today where. And again, I know Dusty didn't mean to make these targets hard to find, but they just they just are in this terrain. And I think it's going to be different in every state where we have these matches. It's going to right. be different terrain. It's going to be easier in a lot of other areas. But yeah, to make it less frustrating and more educational for those guys, I think that's a great idea. Close. Um, I actually had a question. So and so, you guys have shot a lot of safari matches and stuff like. Like you, Rusty, and you shot two, and then Josh, and and then you shot a few. Yeah. Would you say that this match was harder than anyone yeah. that you've ever shot? Very shaking know. her head, yes. Yeah. The targets were harder to find. Yeah. Like I said, you can walk up to a at, at Still Safari, walk up, and when you're standing there and the guy's telling you what where your areas are, you're looking out there and you're like, oh, there's three targets. And I think that's well, just that's, a trend. Yeah, thing. that's the one thing different about a CD match. They give you... A no shit left and a no shit right. Yeah. And they're like, here's from where you're standing, this is your left and this is your right, and they are there. Right. So they already give you a box to search in. Like we got a we got a hand direction here, but depending on where you're standing from the hand direction, it can either be you know, thirty degrees, forty five degrees to. Yeah. I mean, when that guy yeah. gives you the initial hand, if you're standing you know, three feet closer to him than, you know, Nils is, 
from what I'm pointing at difference. to me and what Nils looks like I'm pointing at is two completely different things, right. you know, so. And, and so everyone, for everyone that's listening, our matches are supposed to have a left and right lateral limit. Um, Dusty literally, so, and I'm not trying to defend Dusty, but this is just what it is, is we were supposed to have this match originally on the Smith Ranch and something happened with that. And so last minute, it was either cancel the match or removing it to a new facility, the Gomez Ranch. The Gomez Ranch opened up their arms and said, everyone's welcome, please have fun, and, and the whole nine yards. And, and so Dusty literally had to move every piece of steel from the Smith Ranch to the Gomez Ranch in like two weeks. And there was snow on the ground. I mean, the, the, the ground's frozen, the whole nine yards. Um, so there's certain things at this match that aren't happening, that are supposed to happen, um, but there's just nothing, it was either cancel the match and everyone's so sorry, so you know, too bad, or let's work through it together. Yeah. So, but it's, it, it is very important to have a left and right lateral limit. But on the same side of that too that we've talked about, like CD matches are, you know, down in uh, Logan, right. and it's all Red Rock. It's a lot different. It's a huge difference. So if you're like trying to find targets against Red Rock versus trying to find targets, you know, sprinkled out in Juniper Forest, it's a huge difference. It's a completely different playing field of what you're trying to look into to find stuff. Right. And I'm just spitballing. Like, what about if there's like a beginner? Like, you could enter as a beginner, but but maybe you don't get the same trophy opportunities or whatever. But every other stage, like, there's a green circle. Uh, the RO actually gets to see that you have a beginner bracelet and he has to walk you into all the targets. See, but that's tough. But then the next stage he has to do it on his own, so you're still building skill. That, that's tough because technically I'm a beginner hunter, mm-hmm. but I've been shooting precision rifles since 2014. Right. So am I a beginner? But I, I think that's an individual decision. I mean, what, what's your goal? When well, how about you only get out? two of them, right? Like, like you get to come here as a beginner and do a hunter match. And you get to pay for the experience. And the so what you're telling me is you're scared of Rusty. <laughs> I'm terrified of him. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of How mean. did I get into this? <laughs> uh, no, I don't, I don't know why you have to limit the number of times they do it. Because it's not like those people are really competing for the competition. They're coming here to learn. Right, right. If you want to be in that category, you're coming here to learn. And that's, that's cool. And that's what, that's what this is all about. Don't do that. You know, I, I think that's a great idea. And maybe give them a green hat or whatever. They're going to wear a green hat, you know, a green NRL hat that they get for whatever. So that the RO knows it or wristband, whatever you want to do. Right? But I, I well, think it can keep the guy that, that wouldn't do it, right? He can come in, just have his green hat on and get walked into to targets and for one and see if he likes it and get some practice. I like it. Yeah. I mean, it gives, gives them you up. If you want to come and learn, then yeah. It's it's their choice, and some of these right. guys well, are so it's green. Well, something to build off, not just get punished. They're so green that you go up there and you just, it's like not I any fun. Just a little snack before you talk to us. Ray just brought us some rice. Here, I can't, I can't have this. Okay. Oh, thank you, Ray. Best round table ever. <laughs> right? Whiskey and rice. I just got another <laughs> two fingers poured, and I got some rice. This is awesome. All right, so we're, we're just about at that hour time frame when we got hot food in front of us. Um, Last-minute thoughts, you know what I mean, for all of our listeners out there. Uh, words of advice. Uh, anything you guys want to say to everybody listening? 
I would say just come and shoot. I think, you know, I really like the idea of the, you know, having people that come in that don't necessarily want to be competitive and have given them, you know, letting them have being coached on the block, let them shoot. But um, it really is a, it really is a fun, uh, fun experience to come out and, and, uh, and be able to, to do everything on your own. It just, it's difficult, but it's not, um, you can get frustrated, but it's, um, you know, two minutes after you're frustrated, you realize, this is really fun. Right. So. It's fun and it's educational. It's educational at every level. I don't care how good you are, you're going to learn stuff from doing this. I don't care how inexperienced you are, you're going to learn from doing this, especially if you do that program. I think that's a great idea for the beginners. But it's just going to do nothing but get you better. Yeah. I agree, man. I think it's hugely educational. I mean, you, you don't have to go out and build brand new rifles and get brand new gear to come do it. Just, I mean, because you, you don't have to make the 16-pound limits if you run if you're yeah, basic. basic yeah, bring whatever you, you bring, bring whatever, whatever you want, you want yeah. and shoot. And I mean, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, it opens up to everybody. So you don't have to have a custom gun for this. Don't have to make oh. power factor. You don't have to make power factor. Bring, bring what you whatever got. Bring you what you have. hunt with. And try it and see if it works for you. So next match, you and I are shooting our 45 70s? I'll bring it. It's rocky. Never I need a big shoulder pad to shoot one of those. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we got some hot food on the table. Thank you very much, Ray. We got whiskey flowing. You, and we've been uh, talking to you guys' ear off for about an hour. Everybody, I really appreciate you guys uh, taking the time to sit down and uh, give us your insight on the first day and and uh, your thoughts about the whole experience. Um, truly appreciate it, listeners, for tuning in. Uh, Until next time, you guys stay safe, keep shooting, and look forward to seeing you at a match. Take care.